Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Desk rage. That's my topic, desk rage. You know, we're all familiar with the issue and the topic of road rage. We find it almost every day as we drive to work and home and to various places we go in the community. It's not uncommon to experience another driver being upset and being mad for whatever reason and then creating a stressful driving situation for you. We call it road rage. It's time that you feel road rage. You feel upset at somebody. You feel mad at somebody. You feel irritated at another driver. And you talk, you say things, you make gestures, you know, and so on. All expressions of rage. Well, in offices across the country, we have what we know as desk rage. You know, it's not uncommon for a secretary or whomever to find some kind of a computer glitch. And it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back computer is just slammed down, is hit, the secretary yells or screams or cusses or whatever it might be, and just takes a break. Desk rage. That's what it is. You know, when we look at desk rage, we usually think of aggression, hostility, rudeness, kind of even violent behavior, you know, taking place within the office. Criticisms, extra talking, ongoing talking, loud talking, unnecessary talking, irrelevant talking, sharing of stories that are uninteresting to anybody else, listening to somebody's sad medical history or whatever it might be, and you get frustrated, you get upset, you get nervous, you get just mad at that kind of behavior, the people who engage in that kind of behavior. And then often you feel because of the stress, you say things in return or you do things in return to create a counter rage, and we call it desk rage. Study was done not too long ago by um, Integra Realty Sources, and they telephoned employees. In fact, 13,000, pardon me, 1,300 employees across the country, and uh, they were really in search of the issue of distress lead to physical violence in the workplace. And actually, they found that 10% of the violence in the workplace is stress-related, and due to uh, some form of interaction between employees that goes beyond the pale and physical violence results 10% of the time. Almost half of those surveyed said yelling and verbal abuse is common in their workplace, and they hate it. They don't like it. It creates an atmosphere of distress and obviously then promotes a stress reaction in other people, and that's really where we get into trouble. In another study, the 18,000 uh, employees were uh, interviewed, and um, this was in 1996. They found non-fatal assaults occurred in the workplace. 18,500 non-fatal assaults occurred at work. Now, in 1998, more than 700 homicides occurred in the workplace. You see, the workplace is often a place of non-fatal aggression, acts of violence of various forms, but it can be a place where violence takes place to the point that people die, homicides take place. Now, 3 to 10 percent of those homicides were committed by co-workers. So that's, what is that, about uh, 50 to 70 of the homicides that occurred were due to co-workers and the interaction that took place between two workers in an office where a fatality occurred, where a homicide occurred. 
And they found about 8 to 10% of the assaults, these are non-fatal, but they're assaults, hitting, striking at, verbal abuse, hurting somebody verbally, occurred in the workplace as well. What is that? That's about 80 of those per year that are just ongoing in the workplace, ongoing. And so we find ourselves very stressed at work, and we react to stress, and we cause stress to other people, and certainly to the employer and to the company. Now, the cost of workplace violence is considerable. It's been estimated that between $6 billion and $36 billion is lost productivity, diminished time, insurance payments, increased security, having to do things to protect other workers, protect the property, protect the company. Between 6 and $36 billion annually, just in lost time and extra costs due to workplace violence, due to this desk rage that occurs within the office. And then we see that we have this unproductive behavior that takes place, you know, due to boredom, due to the anxiety, due to the depression, due to fear, due to the stresses that occur in the workplace. People stop working. People engage in counterproductive behavior, take longer breaks, talk more, perhaps take longer times of isolation, get away, more bathroom breaks. In other words, that all adds up cost to the employer in this kind of behavior. People who are engaged in ongoing stresses at the office have to figure out ways to reduce the stress so that they can keep working. Now that raises a whole other question. What do people do when they are under these kind of stresses? Well, often they'll skip lunch. Sometimes they'll skip lunch just to get away from people. So they don't have to be near people who cause stress. Maybe they get an hour of better work performance if they skip lunch. Or they just take a longer break, maybe more than they should, just to get away. Take more bathroom breaks, you know, to get away. People engage in all kinds of behaviors just to reduce the stresses in their life and in their workplace. You know, we thought that cubicles would be the answer to a lot of this, that people would work more in a kind of a private, small space. Well, for some people, that does reduce stress. It does allow them to be near other people. They can talk, but yet have their time of concentration and being alone. Also, these kind of cubicles create more noise in the general atmosphere, the general room in which they're placed. And that is a stressful factor. So sometimes it causes more stress. Sometimes it reduces stress for the individual. So employee stress is not easy to handle, not easy to resolve, not easy to kind of deal with. But you've got to study it. You have to find out what is the road rage going on in your office. Who are the people responsible? Who are the people affected by it? What are the conditions that promote it? What are the conditions that minimize distress? And you have to have a study of that kind of thing. And you talk about that. That's what staff meetings are about. That's what interactions between supervisors and employees are all about. To get that kind of information so that this can be passed on to others in at workshops and at office meetings and at staff meetings and just little newspapers that might go out or a newsletter that might go out or a flyer that might go out. Sometimes we just need more social support. We need more talk time, more opportunity to share, more opportunity to 
let people know that road rage is in the office and we need to stop that we need to minimize that kind of road rage in the office we're going to deal with it you can't ignore it because when you ignore it it'll just continue on and on and on so what are you going to do well there are some employers that have kind of addressed it this way they do a psychological testing prior to hiring somebody and what they're look for in the psychological testing are people who are paranoid you know people who are hostile People who feel that they are victims and have been the uh, result of victimization in a prior work environment or in their home or wherever that might be. But they live with this idea that they are victims, that they live with the idea that they cannot trust other people. They have great fear of other people. And they live with this idea of being very sarcastic and very critical and very negative and very hostile towards other people. And in psychological testing, when we can identify such people, and not hire them because they are the people that bring road rage into the office maximize road rage when it does occur in the office feed it and manifest it and create it and offices do not need people who promote desk rage so employers can deal with it right up front in the hiring process so this idea of road rage is a critical one in offices across the country. And it looks like it's just occurring everywhere. And when you look at fatalities that occur within the workplace, yeah, about 10% of it occurs from each or from an, another employee, employee to employee. A lot of the fatalities occur in workers are for other reasons whatsoever, domestic and what goes on in their community and so on. But only about 10% actually occurs in the workplace itself. But still, that's a lot. That's a, that's a large number. So employers need to deal with this straightforwardly, very directly, and very forthrightly, and openly and honestly. Road rage does occur. And whenever it occurs in your office, it's cause for things to stop. You deal with it, and you move on. And if it happens again, then more drastic steps are taken by the employer, even terminating people who have long-term employment, if you will. So road rage, desk rage, real things in our society. We have to deal with it, and the best way to deal with it is straightforwardly. But ultimately, you as an employee may need to quit may need to terminate your employment and express why you're terminating your employment and go find work elsewhere. You don't need to submit yourself to ongoing desk rage. And go home crying, go home upset, go home mad, go home irritated, go home tired, depressed, and then go back to work in the next day anxious and nervous and fearful. You don't need to live like that. Your family does not need you to be that kind of a person. So start the idea here of taking charge. If desk rage is part of your life, in your office where you work, deal with it today and get it taken care of or move on to something else. Your life is too important. Your family is too important. Your marriage is too important to have it destroyed by somebody in the place where you work who engages in desk rage behavior. So deal with it and... The best to you in so doing. Okay, bye for now.